Friends, welcome to the Ransom Tart Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving week, everybody. John Eldridge and Alan Arnold in the studio. Staff's beginning to scatter hither and yon. <laughs> um, I heard that Thanksgiving is the biggest travel week of the year, that more people actually travel for Thanksgiving than for uh, Christmas or even summer holidays. So, yeah, our staff is heading to the... They're gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> family and friends and and just different places. So, um, yeah, just wanted to welcome you into Thanksgiving week and and thank you for uh, tuning in to the podcast and for tracking along with us. Alan, uh, what's your Thanksgiving tradition as a family? What's this year look like? It's always the largest gathering of our extended family every year. Christmas tends to be a little more, it's just our nuclear family, and then we may go somewhere, have people in. But for Thanksgiving, for instance, we're having now about 12 more people at our home. What? And so we'll have 17, 18 people. What? Including us. In your house? In our house. And that's sleeping bags, and it's, you know, um, people on couches. We don't have that many bedrooms, but we love it. And Hey, kids. (laughs) Um, God, <laughs> Uncle Bernie's coming, and so you you kids are going to be sleeping on the living room floor or the garage. Yeah. But, <laughs> so it's noisy, it's fun, laughter, busyness, um, and I I did not grow up that way. I actually grew up where it was just our our family, and I had one sister, so it was just the the four of us, and really missed out on the joy. And the busyness and the craziness of a lot of people together. And I've come to learn to love that the older I've gotten in, in, in marriage with Kelly. It's been new to me. And uh, it's the one time in the year where we always kind of have that, whether it's at our place or somebody else's. Mm. So it's a blast. We have married children, as you know now. Sam, Blaine, and Luke are, are all married. And so we had to get into the rotation. Right, the oh, in-law yeah. rotation. Yes. This is obviously our wonderful daughters have families and and they want to be with them. And so, what the kids have gotten into is one year we get them for Christmas and one year we get them for Thanksgiving, and it rotates back right. and forth. Yeah. So it was pretty funny when Luke and Liv were getting married a couple of years ago. The first thing the guys said when Luke got engaged, his brothers are like, you need to get in the rotation. Like, get <laughs> get Thanksgiving and Christmas figured out now. Like, f- whatever you're doing this year, recognize that that's going to affect every year following. So, you know, yes. Luke and Liv are super, you know, excited to cooperate with that. So, this is our Thanksgiving year. We, uh, we're going to have an empty house for Christmas, but... We get everybody for Thanksgiving, and I love Thanksgiving. I I know that the holidays are kind of a mixed bag um, for most people. Uh, tends to bring up a lot of family things that can actually be a an opportunity for more inner healing, uh, maybe the breaking of some agreements, uh, <laughs> maybe the forgiveness of some family relations, but I love Thanksgiving because it's the non-commercial holiday. I know there's a ton of people that share that same conviction that Thanksgiving's their favorite holiday because it's just so hard to commercialize. You know, I mean, you can only sell so many cans of cranberry sauce, <laughs> right? Yep. In fact, 
Halloween has become the second largest economic holiday in the U.S. Halloween? Halloween. Isn't that creepy? Um, and you just see it, right? There's just all yeah. the tchotchke and all the stuff and all the stores. and But I love it that they just haven't been able to do that for Thanksgiving. And for that reason, I love the holiday. I love the low. I love the lower key nature of it. You know, mm-hmm. there isn't the mm-hmm. the pressure. At least sometimes there isn't the pressure of Christmas and expectations. And so I'm looking forward to it. What's a tradition in the Eldritch home for Thanksgiving? <laughs> well, the male contingent is trying to incorporate a tradition. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Uh, hunters. Um, We value, you know, bringing our own food to the table and not having someone else do that for us. And so, uh, we're trying to turn this one into a wild game Thanksgiving. Yeah, Blaine and I were on a caribou hunt uh, back in September, and we've got phenomenal uh, caribou. Sam and I were on an elk hunt a couple weeks ago. Sam got an elk. We got some elk. We got some caribou. We got deer. Uh, Now, Stacy... I, lo- I love Stacy. You can take the girl out of the Midwest, but you cannot take the Midwest out of the girl. Raised in Kansas City, and, and she's like, but where's the turkey? <laughs> where's, the, where's the canned cranberry sauce? And, you guys didn't hunt turkey. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't no. hunt a turkey. Okay. So um, okay. one of the things that we do, it's a tradition, and I, I know a lot of families do this, uh, or groups gathering friends. Gang, we're aware that not everybody is sitting down around a table with a family this Thanksgiving. Sometimes um, it's just been Stace and me, and sometimes it's been mm-hmm. Stace and me and Sue on our team or mm-hmm. you know other mm-hmm. people in our world. So we understand there's different types of gatherings um, that go on. But one of our traditions is we do go around the table and we just say, hey, what are you grateful for this year? And it's a really rich time, actually, because we help each other remember. One of the things about the pace of life, Alan, that I've just become so aware of recently is it actually is robbing me of gratitude Mm. because I, I don't stop long enough to even remember what happened. It's just, boom, it's the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And You know, I looked down at my phone yesterday. It was nonstop yesterday. It was just meetings, meetings, phone calls, interviews. And I looked down at my phone and there were 14 text messages that I had gotten since I had last looked at my phone. Wow. And so there's something very erosive about the pace of life, isn't there? There is. That that you just don't get a chance to stop. Right. And I'll find when it comes to being grateful, if I don't catch my spirit, I will wait to be grateful until the outcome happens. And and I think that's Wait, that's not what we're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I found, boy, I'm I'm not grateful most of the time because I'm in a waiting mode to see how God's going to answer a prayer or how an how an outcome's going to come together. And to me in my heart in the last year it's been different to say I'm actually going to savor the journey whatever that journey mm. is, with children, mm. with work, with anything, finances, I don't have to wait till the end to be grateful. I can actually savor in the unknown and in the middle and and just keep asking like you encourage us to do all the time, God, what are you up to in this? What's your interpretation? 
which makes sense on Thanksgiving, but year round, we're trying to learn as a family, how do you do that? How do you be grateful in the midst of the question marks, the unknown? This is really disruptive. This is not helpful for me. I thought <laughs> I thought we were going to come in and have a good conversation and I would be able to avoid <laughs> high levels of conviction. Yeah, waiting, waiting for the outcome and then being grateful kind of feels like Human nature, that's just the natural yeah. thing to do. You know, you wait, you watch, you pray. And so Jesus is all over this for me right now because as I was praying about this podcast, he brought to me the story in Luke 17. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. Now, they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. (laughs) I love that. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he, the scriptures say, was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Okay, now totally disrupted, dislike the story, don't like the lesson. Because what I realized is, I care about a lot of things. I pray about a lot of things. I'm praying about stuff all the time. You know, when you have loved ones and and you have work and you have finances and you're getting older and your health. And I mean, come on, like we're praying about stuff all the time. Like, Father, please come into this meeting. Jesus, please, I pray this appointment goes well, or you know, all that stuff. But I I'm the nine. I Hmm. am the nine. I am already worried about the next thing that I forgot to give thanks for the last thing. And so that tradition around our table, and the first thing is pausing long enough to remember. And one of the ways I began to do a little bit of that is just looking at the photos on my phone, right? Everybody's got photos on their phone now. Like that's where your photo archives are. And just flipping back through photos and going, oh my gosh, that was such a funny moment. Jesus, thank you for that. Or, oh, wow, look, there's cousin Danny. I totally forgot. Jesus, thank you for him. Or, you know. Yeah. Um, and you're talking about kind of cultivating that through the course of a year. Well, if gratitude is no longer outcome-based, then you get to do it daily, like mm. regularly. Mm. But to your point, yeah, like it, it is from a productivity standpoint, once something is done and the outcome is known, it's easy to go, okay, move on. Yeah, like, what's the next challenge? There's 10 more things now. Yep. Instead of, I walked well with God in that, and the outcome I trust Him in. And so that gratitude or that grateful heart, I mean, wouldn't you say that gives you a peace that otherwise, it's just the next thing oh, totally. your whole life. Oh, oh, it's the next thing my whole life. Yeah, you're describing my life. So here's here's a study that Blaine put in front of me, knowing that we were going to talk about this. It's by a psychologist, and he, he's talking about the fact that our brain has a negativity bias. 
about five times more likely to remember negative experiences than positive ones. Like, can we all relate to that? Totally. Yeah. I mean, totally. somebody somebody criticizes something you did or, you know, a report you gave, an email you sent, or, I mean, you remember that till you go to bed that night, right? But oh, yeah. somebody pays you a compliment or says, hey, Susie, that was a great, you know, Deborah, thanks for, thanks for that great comment today and in, in the meeting today. It, it lasts seven seconds. I mean, it's, totally. it's gone. Totally. So there is actually within our brain a bias to retain negative experiences five times over retaining positive ones. But one of the really extraordinary things about the brain that we're learning more and more about is its elasticity. The brain, you can actually like restructure your brain. And um, we think healing prayer does that. We think worship does that. A number of things do that. But what this psychologist, uh, Rick Hansen, was saying is that you can actually like seize your positive events, seize a positive moment and dwell on it. And he, he's basically saying it takes about 10 or 20 seconds to hang on to a positive experience in the brain. So like you see something beautiful. Ever since Blaine uh, told me this, I, I've been trying to do this with beautiful things. So you know, I was walking around the building praying yesterday and I looked down and there was this maple leaf. It's fall and there's this beautiful maple leaf on, on the ground and I looked at it. Now, normally I would just walk on by, right? It would be a two second encounter. But I stopped and I lingered with it and I stayed with it because he was saying, if you want the positive experiences to actually remap your brain, you got to stay with them for yeah. a bit. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that gratitude can do for us, right? If you kind of linger and savor and say, oh, Jesus, thank you for that great conversation I just had. Or, oh, yeah. Lord, thank you for this Ransomed Heart podcast. <laughs> those guys are so great. I'm being playful, friends. But yeah. what, whatever those positive experiences are, to, to linger with it for a moment before the world just sweeps you on to yes. the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, actually helps your brain get rewired to hang on to positive experiences more. Hmm. And then the result is your gratitude level goes up. That's big. And, and journaling, you know, we talk often about the importance hmm. of journaling. How do you remember some of those things over the course of a year? For me, I have to journal it, even if it seems small in the moment, hmm. because it's gone the next day. Isn't it? And But yet to look over a journal, which is good to do this time of year for 2017, and go, oh, wow, this and this and this. And it's not all outcome-based. It's just God was in this. God was in this. And so part of having those memories, I think, is keeping them somewhere. That's good, Alan. I'm cracking up at a memory of Craig. One of, one of Craig's joys in life was food. And and Lori is a phenomenal chef. I mean, like gourmet chef. Yes. And she makes these amazing meals. And But Craig, being with him, and he, he would sometimes do this in an exaggerated way to crack us up, but he would be eating a meal and he would be going, mmm, oh, mmm, <laughs> mmm. And like, he, someone would ask him a question and he wouldn't answer it until he got done savoring his meal. Okay, well, this is another study. So these two, these two psychologists, uh, Emmons and McCullough, had this fascinating study that as you deliberately 
experience gratitude for something, your appreciation for it, your enjoyment of it goes up and goes up like 25%, like, like significantly, like it leaps up. And so like even this week, just Lord, like, thank you. Um, thank you for this. Thank you for that. Lingering in it, mm, savoring it. Actually, the expression of gratitude increases your enjoyment of it. And I'm just so aware so many times I can just kind of be a power eater and like get it done and get on to the next thing. And <laughs> and I'm not I'm not even lingering with the meal. Yes. Yesterday I was having a really hard conversation with somebody and I was trying to be grateful, n- knowing that this needed to happen. And in the middle of it, John, I haven't told you this yet, but I asked God, can you give me some joy or your interpretation in this? Because this feels like an hour of pain. <laughs> and like within five <laughs> seconds of, of just me saying that is this other person's talking to me. I'm, I'm sitting on a couch. Well, you know, the couch is where you lean back and the foot thing goes up. This was a broken couch. And I lean back just a tiny bit, and my feet kick up, and oh come on, and and like I I flip backwards almost in the couch, and it was a tense conversation, and we both started laughing. That is hysterical. And it was just like God. It was just His wink in the middle of Jesus. I'm here. There's joy. You can be grateful in this, even in the hard things. You can be grateful, mm. and you can keep a perspective. Mm. Now, gang, I know, I know, I almost didn't want to do this podcast because, like, you know, everybody rolls out the grateful message, and you probably heard the grateful sermon yesterday or or this, you know, weekend. This isn't that. This isn't your scolding. This isn't, you ought to be more grateful, guys. You know, let's all practice gratitude this week because I've actually never found those programs to be helpful. I think we're just pausing and offering a couple reflections. And one of them is the pace of life keeps us moving to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And it it actually is diminishing legitimate joy and therefore gratitude that that is Mm. already ours. Like it's ours to have versus ours to go find because we just get swept past. Answers to prayer just get you know, swept past and rather than pausing and just going, wow, thank you. That's so good. I want to grab these moments and then sharing with you some of the anecdotes from our lives and some of the interesting research to say, you know, really, it really actually even changes the structure of your brain. And it, yes, there's a negativity bias within broken humanity, but that can actually get rewired as we enjoy things, as we savor them, as we express gratitude for them. And then, Alan, I thought your your thing about you don't have to wait till the outcome to express gratitude in the midst of something is huge for a world that, you know, just keeps getting pulled into the next crisis. Well, and, and one for me is if you can enter into whatever this Thanksgiving holds for you, for a lot of people, it is travel, um, but for some, it's it's staying at home. But if you can enter into that with love instead of fear mm-hmm. or instead of anticipating all the things that could go wrong or, oh, my gosh, last year this happened or I know when these people get together, this is going to happen. None of those things are a spirit of love, I don't think. So if you can enter into those with love as your shield of 
yep, I'm coming in, I'm aware of the situation, and I bring with me love, the love of Christ. Mm. And I think that helps the heart be grateful Mm. because you're not taken out, you're not offended, you're able to enter in fully. And I think that Mm. changes the atmosphere of whoever is with you and whatever's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one add to that, we are a warrior culture. Um, and we we make no apologies for that. And we teach people the larger story and the importance of fighting for the joy in your life. But Jesus has really had to catch me several times driving or in supermarkets or in, in different situations and just saying, John, this battle's not worth fighting. Like, you don't have to make everything a battle to win. <laughs> Like, just relax. That's good. Just relax. And we were coming back from the last captivating retreat, and there was an accident on the interstate, and the interstate in Colorado's, you know, got two lanes on each side, so it's not big. And we were stopped. I mean, we were not moving. We were going about one mile an hour. You know, and at first, my thing is like, I bring the kingdom of God over this, and I'm praying for, you know. (laughs) Which is all fine and good, yep. but but then it's like Jesus, is like, hey, buddy, enjoy this, just relax, roll down the windows. It's a nice day, and like, whoa, gratitude starts opening up, enjoyment starts opening up, and then that's when I noticed first a butterfly goes by. And this is this is October. I'm like, whoa, there's a butterfly in Colorado. That's amazing. That's kind of a summer thing. And then another butterfly goes by, and then ten go by, and then that's when we had this. It was a monarch migration Mm. was going through Colorado that weekend. And I I would never have seen that at 70 miles an hour. Right. I just wouldn't have, you know? And so I'm sitting there with the windows rolled down. I'm enjoying the traffic jam and just going, okay, man, this is my afternoon. This, I don't know how long this is going to last, but here we are. I'm stuck at Aunt Battleaxe's house for (laughs) for Thanksgiving. Here I am. I'm just going to enjoy this. I, I'm going to find those things here. Maybe it's the canned cranberry sauce. <laughs> yeah. And even though the external doesn't change, yep. the internal does. Big time. Jesus, we all consecrate to you our Thanksgiving experiences. If there's travel, we consecrate our travel. If we're alone, We consecrate being alone this year. If we're still hoping for an invitation somewhere, we we consecrate that to you. If we have people coming over and it's already beginning to feel like a lot of things to get done, we consecrate that to you. Lord, we just consecrate the week to you. We consecrate Thanksgiving itself to you. And we pray that our joy and our enjoyment of things would grow. And we pray that our gratitude would be able to slow down long enough to simply express it. We love you, God. We love you. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Ransomed Heart podcast with John Eldridge, Alan Arnold here, wishing you a very happy Thanksgiving week.